Good morning. I am coming to you from my living room in Southern Illinois. And I'm doing something a little bit different today. Um, I actually have a day off. Um, This week has been a lot of hours and a short amount of days. So my body is starting to fill it. I'm a little tired. So relaxing and reading is one of my favorite things to do. Um, But anyway, I have, for those that have been following, have been reading for Calvary Ladies Ministries. Um, But I decided to do this reading just as a more personal reading. Um, I'm going to be reading God Has a Waiting Room. That's how we respond during the wait. Um, This book has meant a lot to me. I have read through it twice, and it speaks to you right where you are, especially if you are in a waiting season or you don't understand what is going on in life, whether you may be waiting on a promise, waiting on a loved one, waiting on you know a situation to change, whatever it may be. I love her writing style in this book. And so, um, you know, I'm by no means a professional in this, so you're going to hear me make mistakes in it. You're going to hear me say, I'm sorry, because I... You know, I, I said a word wrong or, or what whatnot. Um, but anyway, just know that I do this because, um, you know, I want to make it easy for you. Not everybody has time to just sit down and read a book. I know I've been in seasons of life where I wanted to read so badly, but just did not have the time. So this is just a way to do it. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Um, you know, reach out to me. Send me a private message. Let me know what you think. Um, I don't know who all will follow this. Like I said, this is more of a private reading. Um, so just let me know and, uh, you know, let's grow together. Let's listen together, read together, and let's pray together and encourage each other during our wait. Waiting room. What does it mean? A place to linger, abide, delay staying in one place for a definite purpose, that is, for something expected. It's pretty much one of the most dreaded places to be. A room filled with complete strangers who awkwardly stare at each other, and then, at the moment their eyes meet, look away as in complete denial of getting caught. If they don't lock eyes with you at least once, you can bet they are zoned out in a zombie-type trance in the face of their iPads, iPhones, computers, or some type of entertainment device. Listening to little kids cry and throw fits on the floor and trying not to listen too hard to the woman across the room who tells all her business while on the phone as if she's the only one there. Studying the faded watercolors on the wall and then looking at the receptionists and trying to figure out which one of them had the 1970s interior decorating skills. Waiting rooms. Noisy, automatic sliding doors usher in women clutching their purses under their arms while trying to hold up their sick children, somehow holding a trash can next to his side to throw up in, while the next guy next to him is taking a nap on two seats. Germaphobes wearing surgical masks who sit completely across the room from the dividing curtain for people who with airborne illnesses or contagious diseases, and the TV blaring in the corner playing reruns of Days of Our Lives. The thinly padded seats were built for a teenager who wears a size 2. The arm rails dig into your forearms and subconsciously make you sit up really straight and tall to avoid touching the people on either side of you. Oh, the comfort of waiting rooms. 
The waiting room will cause you to notice things such as scuff notice things such as scuff marks on the walls, the cracks on the vinyl chairs, the trash can that is overflowing with cups, tissues, and candy wrappers left by the kid who begged his mom for the M&Ms from the nearby vending machine. I remember the day my four-year-old daughter fell while hanging from the towel rack in the bathroom, and the outcome was a bump on her forehead the size of a baseball. Did I mention it was two days before I went in to give birth to my second child? After five to six hours in the ER waiting room, I learned that the nuts and fruits really do come out after midnight, and there really was good reason for that security plexiglass wall to guard the receptionist. The waiting room is a room that has no boundaries or prejudice. It is open to all ages, shapes, genders, and positions. We wait for one purpose and one purpose alone, for our name to be called. Beyond all the negative feelings of the crazies, the vomiting, the phobias, and the screaming kids, the worst feeling is the fact of not being in control of the wasted time. The time that is robbed and taken from you, over which you have absolutely no control, is the greatest dread of the waiting room. We want answers now. We want our needs and requests met within a reasonable time frame. We want to be in control, although we would never admit it. We are a demanding generation, and I don't think we realize it is due to the great influence of electronics, media, and fast food in our culture. If we are told we have to wait for an item that is backordered on Amazon, we will shop around until we find something similar that we can receive now, even if it does cost $5 more. Instance has become a part of our DNA and the pattern of the way we, of the pattern of the way we resolve issues. Without realizing it, we try to fit God and the way he thinks, processes, and responds into this mold. When he doesn't come through at the place or time we think he should or have been taught he should, we give up, quit believing, quit praying, and never receive answers to our prayers. My friend, if we fail to realize that God has a waiting room, we can so easily become discouraged. It's not a room filled with people reading old editions of Woman's Day magazines, but it's a room where the one waiting on a promise from God will sit. It's a dimly lit room that does not have rows of chairs along the walls, soft music playing, or a television entertaining you with the price is right. There is only one chair in that room that is reserved for you alone because no one else can share this journey with you. This is a room reserved for only you and God, but oh, what nuggets you will find beyond the answer to your prayer if you will not give up during the waiting. The treasures that are released and revealed to you in the waiting room are of even greater value than the requests and needs you are seeking. These God secrets and spiritual nuggets are so precious, so life-changing and transforming that the revelations released during the endurance of the wait become the greatest gifts. God's spiritual treasures are found in his waiting room, but sometimes we have our eyes so set on the end results of getting our needs met, receiving our miracle, and getting our prayers answered that we miss the true treasure he is trying to pass to us along the journey. When children of God are not aware of his waiting room, we begin to believe the lie that God is not listening, does not desire to meet our needs, or no longer works in the lives of his people in miraculous ways. I have sat in God's waiting room chair on several occasions and sit in it even as I write. God has shown me that even through all my failures and faithless at attempts 
in my journey, many mistakes, negative and childish responses, and lack of faith. He has been faithful and looked beyond all of that to a heart who desires to know him. I am honest enough to confess to you that I had never even realized God had a waiting room until it was revealed to me through a trial I was allowed to walk through about eight years ago, which I will share with you in this book. I ask you to indulge my personal references throughout these writings, for my personal experience is all I can stand on. Through my own experiences, I have learned that the waiting room is so powerful and so important that the answer to your prayer, your miracle, or your divine intervention depends on how you respond during the wait. Some things are God's will, but are not God's timing. And if we do not realize this, we lose our miracles and answers to so many prayers because we lose our faith within the process of time. Many times after we have prayed and sought God for the answer to a situation or have a need that can only be met through divine intervention, he gives us a word, a promise, or a confirmation that he has heard our cry and will respond to our prayer. Then in his grace and love for us, he will motion for us to take a seat in his waiting room. This, many times, is where we lose it. Inside this room is where people let go of their promises because they do not understand the journey of waiting and the purpose for seasons. When their answers do not manifest or become visible within a couple of weeks or show some kind of outward result immediately, they either give up and quit believing it's going to happen or believe the lie that God does not operate supernaturally anymore and allow the enemy to steal their faith. Even within Christian circles, the unspoken rule has been, if your answer does not come right away, God probably didn't hear the request, and we need to keep begging him until he does. When we are not aware of the waiting room where our promises are very much alive and in the birthing process, we chalk it up as another unanswered prayer and thus add another stone to our mountain of unbelief. Begging God over and over and assuming he has not answered because we see no evidence eventually breeds unbelief because you can get to the place where you can pray yourself out of faith. How you respond during the wait will determine the outcome of your answer. God's waiting room is not a place where you just sit and twiddle your thumbs or log on to Pinterest to help the time go by faster, but it's a room where he manifests himself to you and develops faith in his word by responses and actions. He takes us by the hand and teaches us how to react to an unseen world that is so foreign to our human senses. This book has been different from any others God has moved upon me to write, as I am presently walking this road again myself. God told me this was a book to be written while traveling my own journey of faith so the feelings, emotions, and struggles would be living, breathing organisms that could be touchable to someone else who is presently seated in God's waiting room and not understanding why. Many mornings I would be awakened out of sleep with scriptures placed in my spirit by God. I kept a spiral notebook and pen by my bedside so I could quickly write what the Holy Spirit was speaking. I would be directed to write things I had not actually witnessed, seen, or received yet in my own circumstance. I was awakened to the fact that God so desperately wants to answer our prayers and show himself strong on behalf of his children that he will actually take us by the hand and guide us through the process until we receive our miracle. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth 
to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. Through listening to the wisdom and spiritual insight of others who have walked this road of faith before me, learning how to become as a child who is completely dependent upon God and learning to know and understand the truth, true power of his word, I have been shown by God that I don't have to be afraid, anxious, or apprehensive about sitting in his waiting room. It is not a waste of time, but rather a time of the greatest impartation. Strange it may seem, I almost yearn and long for the days of the waiting room due to the nearness and dependency I feel toward God. He is so close and real in the waiting room. Yes, you will have times of pain, and there will be tears. You will have times of questioning and concern and moments of frustration. But the answer always comes, and strength is always waiting for you as new faith is birthed in your heart. You will speak like David when he said in Psalms chapter 119, verse 71 and 72 in the New King James Version, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of silver and gold. This book is not for the one who has never felt the pain of being captive in the teeth of the snare of the fowler or the person who cannot relate to the place of spiritual exhaustion to where you want to throw in the towel. You will just not get it. Those who sit in a waiting room are there because they have a need. This book is for the child of God who secretly questions in the midst of his or her dying circumstance, like Mary and Martha did. Where is Jesus now? They had to sit in God's waiting room for three days, staring at a dead corpse so the glory and power of God could be revealed and manifested. It was not only for them, but also for the millions of readers who have related to them as they faced dead situations of their own. The accounts of waiting rooms are written so you and I can look back in the pages of a book which has had many enemies through the centuries and know that Jesus is still the resurrection and the life. If we will believe in him, even though our circumstances seem dead, our faith and response during the waiting season will breathe life into every fiber of impossibility. This book is for the broken, bruised, weary, but not destroyed individual. My friend, if you find yourself in God's waiting room, don't resist it. Don't cross your name off the waiting list or skip out. Don't believe the lie that God is not hearing your prayers or will not answer. Just realize you're in the waiting room. In this season, God is able to impart and reveal spiritual nuggets, things that come only to those who are willing to wait with him. I bid you Godspeed in your journey of faith. The author, Kim Haney. So that's the beginning of God has a waiting room. I hope that it has already stirred something in your soul and maybe made you reach out for encouragement and faith. I love the fact that Sister Haney is writing not just from a place of knowledge, but she's writing from a place of experience that she's actually been there. So her words are going to be words that's going to instruct us and give us life and give us truth. And I very much believe that. I know that if you're listening to this and that if it piques your interest that you are, you yourself are sitting in a waiting room. I know that I have been in one 
and I feel like I'm in one yet again. But I trust and believe that God has a purpose for all things that we endure and all things that he leads us to. Even things that the enemy that brings on into our path and into our lives. I believe the scripture that says that he will turn what was meant for evil to good. And so I lean on that today. I know that there are some of you that are listening today that are finding yourself in that very place. And I want to say a word of prayer with you. In the name of Jesus, we come to you right now and pray, asking, Lord, that you would open our hearts and open our minds, God, to every word of encouragement, Lord, that we find in the pages of this book. Lord, I pray, God, that you would let us recognize and realize that you are not a God with deaf ears, but, Lord, you hear every prayer that we pray. And, Lord, that you do have a perfect plan, God, for each and every one of us. And I pray that you would give us the strength, Lord, And the faith to hold out and to wait and to receive all that you have to give to us. But Lord, I pray, God, in our weariness, Lord, that you would give us strength. You said, Lord, that in our weakness, God, is where you are strong. And Lord, I pray right now today, God, that you would reach into the lives of every listener. And I pray, God, that you would let the Holy Spirit of God stir something inside of us to help us to hang on and to trust your word, and to believe in all that you have for us, so we can be all that you want us to be. In the name of Jesus, I pray this for my sisters, for any brothers that may be listening, and ultimately for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, we pray.